Welcome to another episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, this one's going to be landing a little bit late, uh, and I apologize for that. I have been on the road um, in Michigan today, and I've uh, been in West Michigan in Grand Rapids uh, this past weekend and uh, a little bit of the week before for my brother-in-law's wedding. It was a great time being with family, um, getting to see people, and it was just an awesome wedding, uh, and I had the privilege of, of getting to officiate it, which was a real honor. So congratulations to Andrew and Rachel. Um, and now I am today heading down to Nashville for the National Religious Broadcasters Convention with my uh, work with Grace to You. And so looking forward to that. But with all that going on, uh, wasn't able to get the, the podcast recorded and edited and get it out on Monday like I like to. So this will be hitting you just a little bit later than usual. Um, other things that are coming up as long as we're doing housekeeping is I'll be at the Shepherds Conference at Grace Community Church. Um, I guess that's next week. Um, so if you are there, if you're a listener, please come by the Grace to You booth and uh, say hi to us there if you're a listener to Grace to You. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'd love to uh, meet you. So looking forward to that. That promises, it always is, a great conference um, uh, for pastors if you're not aware of it. Um, look up the Shepherds Conference. It's an excellent, excellent, excellent conference. Okay, well, that's enough of that. Let's talk about today's topic. So I am your classic overanalyzer, uh, if you couldn't tell, uh, because <laughs> I do a whole podcast where basically I overanalyze stuff. But when it comes to anything new, I, I'm always trying to make sure I'm thinking through decisions from every angle possible. And I talked about this recently on an episode where I talked about uh, making really tough decisions. And of course, there are benefits to having that mindset to um, trying to avoid overcommitment or ill-fated endeavors by just evaluating things carefully and over a long period of time when possible so that you make the best decision possible. But there's also a downside to that kind of um, overanalysis, and that can be missed opportunities or hesitancy to make a decision when you really do just need to make a decision and move on. And that often leads to what people call, um, call overplanning or paralysis of analysis, uh, just, just overthinking things into the ground and never actually moving forward. So I definitely struggle with this. And it's legitimate in some places, but in others it's not. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, I think this is, is, in a lot of ways, a product of the times we live in, where we have tons of options. Um, and a good example, I think, would be choosing a diet. So say you decide you want to go on a, on a diet, right? You, you want to change your eating patterns and do, do something a little healthier. Maybe you want to lose some weight, or you're just wanting to make sure you're um, getting all the nutrition you need. Well, you've got options, right? There are new popular diet fads almost every week. And even if you're already doing a super healthy eating plan, um, good luck because next week, now we know that that was the worst plan ever that you were doing and it's probably gonna kill you. So you need to do the next one. Um, obviously that's 
an exaggeration, but it can be a little bit unnerving to try to pick a, a diet plan for yourself and just go with one because there's too many options and they all kind of um, contradict each other in some ways where they say, no, 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 that's not what we know now is this is the best way to do it. And what you were doing before, that was bad. And, and I know for me, I, I think about diets. I've gone on some diets before and I'm usually kind of hesitant to pick up on the fads because of this pattern of, oh, well, this one's popular and everyone's doing it, but then, you know, the next year people are saying, oh, no one should have been doing that. Now everybody who is doing that um, has thyroid problems. So I don't want to have thyroid problems, but <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do with that? Because for me, by the time I understood what people meant by uh, keto, the keto diet or keto diet, everyone had moved on to intermittent fasting. But by the time I understand what people are talking about with that, there's gonna be some new thing where we're eating wood chips together. So it's the same way, I think even, so there's diet plans, but it's the same way, just as an illustration, another one is with exercise plans. I, I know I need to be getting more exercise. I think, well, I like to run, is running enough? Um, well, I, like, I want to do weights, but what exactly should I be doing? Should I be doing high-intensity training as well? And you, you look at all these different options and all these different things people tell you you're supposed to be doing, and you end up thinking, well, I, I just need to do some more research, do some more planning before I jump in. That's what I need to do. And for me, there's a lot of things in life where I spend years, quote-unquote, researching instead of just doing something. Instead of just jumping into it and going and figuring it out and iterating on what works and leaving behind what doesn't work. Um, and I think the same can be true with how you approach any kind of productivity system, right? Uh, I, I, I'm guilty of this as well. Unless I'm convinced that some new technique or method is really going to work for me, I'm, I'm tentative to want to even try to incorporate it into my system of things I'm doing to, to stay on task and to keep my goals in my um, salient in my thinking. But I think that this way of thinking, while it does have its the, trying to be analytical, trying to research, trying to make sure you look before you leap, that it can have its advantages in reasonable doses, it can actually be poisonous when ingested in large quantities. Um, and sometimes you just need to pick a plan and go. Pick a plan, any plan, and just go with it because you can change as you go. So obviously I've made a couple caveats as, as we've talked so far, but I want to stress this. Um, Big commitments do require careful planning. And in fact, when, when Jesus made the analogy for the cost of following him, he, the analogies he gave were about careful planning. He said in Luke 14, 28, he said, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? That's Luke 14, 28. So he's using this as, a, as an analogy, whether he's talking about taking up your cross and following him, that if, if you're going to follow Jesus Christ, you need to realize that this is an all-in 
endeavor. You're not going to do this by half measures. You've got to recognize what you're, what you're getting yourself into when you bow your knee to him as the Lord of your life. Um, and he compares it with a building project, like a tower. Um, you have to make sure that you have enough money to complete the tower. Uh, because big commitments require great sacrifice, great investment. And wisdom dictates that you count the cost even before t putting the first brick down on that tower. Um, and what makes someone an over-planner uh, in a negative sense is not that they embrace like a count-the-cost mindset for big commitments, um, but that they do so for even low-risk endeavors. So, for example, I talked about the diet you choose. It, that's a relatively low-risk endeavor, you know, unless, of course, the diet you choose is the rat poison diet, which um, it, you may lose weight, but it's, you're not going to survive it. Um, there is no rat poison diet, hopefully. Um, but diets are relatively low-risk endeavors because they don't require you to make, here's the key, a massive, irreversible commitment with permanent consequences. If you're making a massive, irreversible commitment with permanent consequences, like, for example, I talked about this a couple episodes, um, you know, choosing, choosing a job, that's a big, it's not irreversible, but that's a big, big step you're taking. So you want to make sure you've thought through that. Or, or a marriage, who you're marrying, are you going to go through with this marriage because that's for life? Or um, Jesus' point with, am I going to bow the knee to Jesus Christ as Lord and give my entire life to him. You know, these are, these are big things that require count the cost uh, mindset because they are big commitments uh, that, that require massive, uh, sorry, they are massive irreversible commitments with permanent consequences. So yeah, if some aspect of you know, your, your tower building thing isn't working or you're like, oh, I guess we need more materials. You're in a lot of trouble. Jesus said in the um, illustration he gave was that people are going to look at you and be like, this guy built, tried to build a tower and he didn't know what he was doing. You know, you're humiliated by it. Um, but you, with low risk things, you can just change. You can just stop what you're doing. If some aspect of your diet plan isn't working, just change it or stop altogether and try something else. Um, but sometimes I think it's a form of procrastination for us where we tell ourselves that we're really just being faithful planners in these things. We're making sure that we have everything absolutely in order before we pull the trigger on this, this, uh, this diet plan or whatever it is. When actually, yeah, our planning is just a code word for procrastination. And so we need to be careful of that. If you're an, if you're an over planner, you need to be, yes, embrace it for high risk, high cost, um, high commitment endeavors. But for low risk uh, things where you can change in a moment's notice, sometimes you just need to make a decision and go with it and change as you go. And this is what I would call the importance of iterating, the importance of iterating. So at my work at, at Grace to You, uh, you know, I lead a, a team of software developers. We work on websites and apps and things of that nature. And we use a project management framework called Scrum. We've recently adopted that and started doing it in earnest. And at its simplest, Scrum looks like what you're actually doing is you're working in these two-week sprints, and what you do with those sprints is you're providing incremental improvements to 
whatever your deliverable is. So in our case, it's, it's websites and apps and, and things like that. And so we're trying to, in those two-week things, we're very highly focused prioritizing what it is we're going to do next. What feature are we going to implement? What thing are we going to fix and deliver at the end of those two weeks? And this is a, a common approach to project management in the tech industry, and it's it's part of, you may have heard of agile development or, or iterative if you um, work in the project management world or you um, or in the software industry at all, is, you know, people, there's different forms of it. Scrum is, is one um, incarnation of it. There's also uh, Agile it's, is its own way. Kanban is popular. If you ever use Trello, like a Trello board thing, that's based on Kanban principles. Um, and these, you know, people having the sticky notes that move across the different lanes on the wall. Uh, well, okay, I'm not going to get too deep into project management um, <laughs> systems. My point is that when people talk about these as a broad category, this way of managing projects, it's called iterative development. And it means that you are continually iterating on uh, some feature, some aspect, some, some piece of what you're doing uh, and releasing it. Instead of the opposite of this would be... Um, People still do these, and, and it works in some situations, like a, a Gantt chart, if you're familiar with this, or a waterfall methodology, you might have seen these, uh, where you one thing can't be done until the thing before it is done. And so you have to plan out the whole project from start to finish, your whole timeline before you begin. Like if you were building a tower, this would be a great way to plan building a tower. So you have to make sure you have all the materials. You have to make sure, you have, is this tower gonna be plumbed? I don't know if, they, if the towers had plumbing in them. But you gotta make sure you have a plumber, your electrician, whatever, all those things have to go in a certain order. And if you don't plan it out from start to finish, you're probably gonna run into a lot of problems. But with uh, software where you can deliver things really, really fast, I, I can push an update very quickly and improve upon it. And there's really low risk because I can always roll back. I can reverse what I did most of the time and, and not have some disaster on my hands. As long as you're mitigating the risk that you do face there, you, you can always just go back. You can always undo it. You can always repair it. And so you adopt a mindset, a project management approach that embraces the strengths of the fact that those, each of those individual improvements are relatively low risk. So we, we try to lean into that with agile or iterative development. And so far for us uh, at Grace U, this using Scrum, using this iterative development has been tremendously beneficial because it saves us from that paralysis of analysis. Um, because at any given point, there are dozens, probably hundreds of things we could work on. There's things we want to fix. There's things we want to improve. Um, and so if you looked at all those things, how do you, how do you prioritize which one to do first? Well, the, the two-week cycles we work in force us to be very decisive on exactly what is the most important unit of value that we should deliver next. And if at the end of that sprint, that two-week thing, there's more that we want to do on that same particular area or something new has come up in that timeline, then we prioritize that for the next sprint. We're not, so we, we have kind of a trajectory, but it's very loose where we're saying, well, where do we want to be in six months or a year? But we don't have it all planned down to the detail of exactly what individual features or how we're going to get there because it's constantly 
changing and we're learning as we go, as we build a new thing, we're realizing, hey, we should do this also, or someone is coming in with a new requirement that say, we need to do this uh, thing on the website, it'd be great if the app could do this, right? So since it's constantly changing, we embraced a model that allows us to adapt with those changes and incrementally improve things as we go and not get overwhelmed with trying to have a perfect plan uh, from start to finish on everything. And so I've, I've loved it so far. It's been very, uh, I think that it's, it's improved our output and improved the quality of each deliverable we do and been very happy with it. Well, you're like, this is not a project management podcast, Reagan. Why are you talking about project management? Well, the same things that are true of project management that allow us to adapt uh, to the changing requirements and the new discoveries as we work is true you can apply the principles. You don't have to do sprint, you don't do scrum, but you can apply these principles to other low-risk endeavors like your diet or your own personal productivity systems. Uh, the name of the game with a lot of these things that we're trying to make ourselves, you know, better stewards of the gifts God has given us. We're trying to make sure that um, in all the stuff that we're doing, we're, we're really maximizing our time and our energy and our, and our and our goals are really lined up with things that are going to um, glorify God. So you have to be ready to adapt to that. And so what that looks like a lot of time is, I, I guess you would just call it experimentation. So will you, we'll go back to the diet analogy because I think it's one um, people um, often struggle with similar to how I do, where you're like, well, which one do I do? It's so low risk, just pick one and do it and change it. If in a week it doesn't work or two weeks or whatever, just start changing it. You don't need to know everything in advance or everything you're gonna face because you're not committed to it forever. You can pivot, you can change as you go. So a lot of productivity related areas of life are there are just all these really well-trodden paths that we could take. So what I'm talking about is productivity systems, right? So I, what I use, how I get things done is unique to me and how you get things done. How, what am I talking about? I'm talking about how you organize your tasks, how you put your, keep your goals at the front of your mind, how you um, manage your time, all those things. What I try to do on this podcast and my blog is give you I do on the practical side, try to give you other methods, things to try, things to investigate and see if you can integrate and see if they work for you. Even in the last episode, I, I just offered up six new habits that I was trying to integrate to my life and, and really experimenting with because it's an ongoing thing. You're not going, you might like um, David Allen's uh, getting things done method for managing your tasks. I use most aspects of that, but that's not the only way I manage my life. Um, you might read a book like Atomic Habits and be like, okay, I see, now I, now I understand how I can kind of hack the habit loop and, and integrate new habits into my life. Or you might purchase like some pre-formatted productivity planner uh, and try to use that and follow that grid to get started. But what you want to be careful that you don't do is say, I got to figure out how all of these things work and come up with a perfect system. And that's when I'm going to start having a... Um, a really well-honed morning routine, for example. You say, you know, I want to get into into exercise and reading my Bible, and these are all the things I want to do in my morning routine. 
but I'm not going to start that until I've really like come up with on paper, like slotted everything into the right time slot and I know it's going to work perfect. No, just start, start one. Say, I'm going to try, I'm going to try an hour Bible reading each morning and start with that. And you find, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm running late to work when I do that. Okay. Push it back to 30 minutes or say, well, can I wake up 50 minutes earlier? Um, do experiments like that. Just try something for a week or if you're bold, try it for 30 days. And if it doesn't work, just say, just shelve it and say that, that thing didn't work. Did the waking up 30 minutes earlier, or 50 minutes earlier, that wasn't working. It's, I'm not getting enough sleep. It's not working for me. Um, or trying to go to the gym before work, that doesn't work for me. I'm going to have to do it after work. I just don't have enough time with my commute, right? You, you can take these different pieces and build something, but what I guess what I'm trying to say is you need to build it in reality. You need to do experiments because actually just putting it on paper or trying to make a perfect plan, it never, it never bears out in reality. There are always surprises. Um, there are always surprises when you go from plan to action. And so since so much of what we're doing in terms of the systems we try to stay productive with is low risk and easily adaptable, just experiment with stuff. Try new things and see if they work for you and figure out what is the best for you. So yes, my encouragement to you is this, do a little bit of research, make informed decisions. I'm not <laughs> discounting that. But at the end of the day for these low risk type things, just pick a plan and start. You know, if, if you say, okay, all these people are doing this intermittent fasting thing. They're, all these millennials are skipping breakfast. <laughs> That's the joke, right? Um, then just try it. You say, well, I don't know if it really works or what if, it, uh, you know, what, what if the science behind it is proved to be bunk? Well, probably it's going to be, but just do it because it's something. You know, you'll be taking some intentional step towards um, whatever it is you're trying to do, lose weight or, or be, have a better diet. Just try it. And if it doesn't work, then change. Do something else. But you're not really going to lose anything by trying it. So just pick a plan, any plan, and do it. Um, and with every single thing you try, just you don't have to drop it all together, too. Maybe there's some parts of some diet plan you like or some productivity system you're embracing that you like. Well, just take it and modify it and use it for your ends. Um, none of these things, when we're talking in the practical realm, um, none of these things are scripture. You know what I mean? So like, obviously the, I try to do two things on this, um, podcast on the blog is I try to provide, uh, theological, um, foundation, uh, principles, which are, uh, universal and which are grounded in the word of God. But I also try to uh, go back and forth between doing that and giving you just some practical things. But with the practical things, those are applications. And with those applications, they may not work for everybody. What we're trying to do is be discerning so that we know that our productivity is founded principally on God's word. Um, but when we go into how are we actually going to execute on these things, there's a lot of variance. There's a lot of different ways in which you could, like I said, manage your task or, you know, what calendar app you use. Like that's not, you're not going to find that in the Bible, at least not in my translation. So with that, we have to, that those fall into what we would call the realm of, of wisdom, where we're exercising discretion and discernment about how we're actually going to um, live out what uh, the, the life God has given us. Uh, and, and so you, you can be um, 
promiscuous in how you adapt some of these things as long as you're careful that you're not adopting um, the philosophy or the the anti-biblical um, principles that sometimes underlie these systems. If, you, if you're reading books and stuff that are telling you, here's how you should think about your productivity, that's where the danger comes in. But very frequently what they offer you, like in terms of a method, like I mentioned the, the get things done method, uh, that is, you know, it's just it's just a set of principles. It's just a system and it, you can divorce it from its uh, whatever philosophy of the person who invented it was. I hope that makes sense. That, that's really what I'm trying to do here. So why not? Why not? Here's the thing. Why not go with the latest fad? Whether that's a diet thing, a new productivity book, a new um, workout plan. Why not just try it? Why not just try it? And if it works, keep it going. If it doesn't, adapt, change, and like I said, iterate. And I think that we have a lot to learn from that. I think the best, um, I might call them breakthroughs, are the, the things that have, I have stuck with the longest in terms of uh, how I manage my day-to-day, -day, you know, different systems of, of keeping track of things, those have really been the result of me very frequently just trying something that I thought was dumb or just a fad or I didn't think it would really work for me. And here I am, you know, 15 years later, I'm still using uh, things that I learned and I thought would have been dumb at the time uh, when I first read about them. So you just never know. You never know. So experiment with, with these things and adapt as you go. Well, I think I've repeated myself enough and iterated on that singular point that I've been trying to make. Pick a plan and go with it. If it's a low risk situation where the results aren't permanent, you don't need to paralyze yourself with indecision trying to research it into the ground. If it's high risk, you know, high commitment, of course, be very diligent. But if not, just do a little bit of research and say, I'm going to try this thing and see where it goes. Um, and just make adjustments as you go. All right, that's all I've got for you this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate uh, the emails I got this week and the people who uh, connected with on social media. Uh, it's really neat to hear from people uh, from all around the world and, and enjoy doing this a lot. So please, yeah, if you have anything, just have a question, just want to say, hey, reach out to me at Reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. That's Reagan, R-E-A-G-A-N at redeemingproductivity.com. You can also find me on all the social medias. I have Redeeming Prod is most of the uh, social accounts for this channel. And I'm also Reagan T. Rose on most uh, social media platforms as well too. So go looking for me. And if you love the show, uh, you enjoy what you're hearing and you want to help continue to make it possible, uh, check out my link to my Patreon and consider becoming a supporter of the program over at patreon.com slash redeeming prod. And for those of you who already support the show, I love you guys. You are the best. You are the ones that uh, make it possible for me to keep producing this, cover the costs that it takes uh, to host and do all these things and make it feel a little bit less like I'm dumping hours and hours and hours of my week into a void. So love you guys. Appreciate you. And I will catch you here next time on the Redeeming Productivity Show. But until then, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.